Hey, you're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 215. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan Dibber. We continue the arc of the good vibes by concluding the Commander Legends set review. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? A whole ton is going down. We've got an exciting deck to talk about, a couple of game stories to tell, some patrons to thank, a quality control issue to address, I guess a quality control issue with the video podcast also, Mm -hmm. if that's a thing that you want to talk about. Before we get into any explanation for any of that, we have to thank our official sponsors, FusionGamingOnline.com, their source for all your gaming needs. Very much so, and I've got my Commander Legends boxes ordered. I'm looking at singles because I expect to get pounded as hard as you did. We'll talk about that in a sec, too. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. There's n- it, no, you can't do it. You well, could think I'm going to get beat down as bad. Be- nah. No. Well, if anybody wants to get pounded by purchasing their own sealed product of course you have to be in canada if you're buying from fusion but you can go there fusiongamingonline.com you can pick up all your commander legend need all your magic the gathering needs cco fusion 5 will get you five percent off your entire order don't forget deal of the week don't forget black friday and i want to say black friday week because that's how how it always kind of turns into online right and it was like boxing week boxing day yeah christmas day christmas week October is Halloween. Yeah. Right? It we all get it. We're yeah. all there. No. We're slaves to retail. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. So get to Fusion. <laughs> use the promo code. It helps the show, helps the show out, and it lets the everybody at Fusion, great, great bunch of people there know that the their relationship with the boys at CCO is a good one, despite us not actually being in the same room. I'm under quarantine. This is actually COVID quarantine cookout, episode 215. So I'm not sick. For anybody who didn't watch the pre-show on YouTube, I, I we kind of talked about it a little bit there. I'm not sick, but I was exposed to somebody who was a positive case. So now I have to sit here with my get finger blasting myself for <laughs> the next 10 days or whatever. I'm on day five. So we're all at home and we're just hanging out and we're sliding in my yard because we just got like 18,000 feet of snow. Yep. And uh, here we are. That's it. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it's a thing that we're doing. I'm in the wood age studio because the phone in the regular age studio was a piece of shit. I got my HD lighting. It's going to be awesome for, for Joe to video this be, or edit this because I look like a fucking ghost. <laughs> <laughs> You're just blown right out, hey? Like I, I'm assuming he'll have some kind of a trick, but like I look like I'm being called to the side of the man right now. I'm... It's, you look like you look like God is beaming you up like you're some yeah. Star Trek character. Exactly. It's like, oh well, Brando's got the red shirt. We'd better beam him up. I'm not even wearing a red shirt today, but Oh man, that's great. It's just it's just your skin glowing through like a fucking white shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to all my Star Trek homies that get the uh the red shirt reference, by the way. Oh yeah, sure, because I li- totally don't, and you knew that. I I did know that. That's why I figured I'd throw it out there yeah. so that you knew I was making a reference. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, you know, it's not all bad. We got, uh, we, we have several Christmas trees in our house, eh? So we were getting them all decorated. Our one is nine feet tall and about 180 pounds, and it's got over 1,500 lights. It's it, pretty spectacular. Once it's done, I'll post a picture on the Discord. Now, we got to be a little bit quick because your phone's going to run out of juice. I mentioned the Discord. That's a benefit over at patreon.com slash CCO podcast. I mentioned finger blasting. That's another benefit. What I didn't mention yet, and what we have to do, is a couple nicknames. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, first one. This is an increase pledge, so big thank you. Another FU goes out to Josh Grimm. Josh Grimm, Josh. thank you for Josh being part Grimm. of the community. Grimm. Now, Gr- was there a Grimlock joke in there? I. You know what? I don't remember, and I feel oh. so bad, but I don't remember all of the nicknames. Every usually when I hear the real name, I get the nickname back into my brain. Yes. which I got a story about it after we're done these nicknames. But, but uh, yeah, let's let's keep going. Thank you, Mister Grim. Yes. Okay. First new one. This is Anthony Reich. I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, f you. Anthony Reich. Right. Oh, you know what? You know what I've always wanted. I've always wanted somebody in the nation named Anthony. Anthony. Like with an 
Like with two Fs and Fernie. And I don't think that any self-respecting human would ever admit that that's their name in a Discord like ours. <laughs> so let's just let's just call him Anferny. Anferny. Anferny Reich. Anferny Reich very much respects himself. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he does. Yeah, probably I mean, does. But he's a good guy. He's got a good uh, opinion of his own self-worth. But his first name is Anferny, and that's terrible. <laughs> well, Anferny, Anferny, if you will, welcome and F you. Next Agreed. one, next one. Andrew Chris. This is somebody just purposely spelling their name wrong. Chris. Sounds like Chris, but it's Chris with a Z. So, well, that would give him two first names, right? Yes. So, like, should we just give him a last name, like Bolachenko? Bolachenko. Anthony Chris Bolachenko. Anthony Chris Bolachenko. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Bonus points if you're on the Discord and you can actually spell that. Is that a real name? I thought I just made it up. Well, it's probably a real name. There's 7 billion people. If Anfernee's a name, Bolachenko's a name. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> okay. As awful as that is to admit. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, last last new patron shout-out, thank you, F.U., goes to Brandon Toolby. And he spells both of those in a weird way, but we're probably going to focus on Toolby, right? Yeah, I'm, like, thi- I'm thinking Brando has a huge tool. <laughs> Hyphen B. Brandon has a huge. <laughs> oh man, uh, you know what? I'm down. Has a Mister has a huge. Welcome. I, <laughs> that's what we can call him. Mister has a huge. I'm sure we don't have one of those yet, do we? No way. Okay, good. Well, welcome, I don't think so, anyway. everybody. Everybody. I don't know why anybody wants us to butcher their names, but. Hey, we have fun with it, and that's what counts, right? Yeah, we have fun with it. You can change that in the Discord. That's how people know you. You don't have to, but if you do, you'll get finger blasted more. It's all part of being a patron, supporter, and it's all goes to, you know, contribute to buying microphones so we can do this kind of stuff. Brandon's got a new tripod at the studios that holds his phone up so we could record, all that kind of stuff, right? So we're putting yeah, all the patron support to good use so we can continue to crank out shows, even if I'm stuck at home CQCCOing. <laughs> Speaking of people who change their names in the Discord, Mm. this is actually a segue to what I wanted to tell you about. I have a game story I wanted to tell you real fast. Okay. Let the people in that we're we're playing with members of the nation, randos sometimes. This guy had not only a different name on Spell Table where we played and in the Discord, but his real name was neither one of them, and he had his CCO nicknames. This guy had four different names I was trying to keep track of while we're playing a game. Well, and you know how awesome I am with names, right? Like, You know what you do? You know what you do for a guy that has four names? You write it down on a piece of paper. You give him a fifth one. <laughs> no, I just used the CCO nickname that, that I actually remembered, which I was very proud of. There it is. So it was a D-Jack is the Oh the yeah. Name. Now I can't I can't remember any of his other names, but D-Jack and uh he played with uh John My box of crayons is actually full of bullet, bullets Michael. <laughs> I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. And uh and FU Lenny had a couple of games. And the first one we played was a three-man pod cuz we were still waiting for a fourth to show up. Lenny was on his way home. Uh, a couple other members of the nation were on the train. We were just kind of seeing who could jump into the game first. Yep. And uh John Michael had said, oh, Brando, that Atraxa deck you played sounded really neat. I'd love to see it. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no, he don't. Oh, no, you don't. But he did. So <laughs> I busted it out. D-Jack's very first game of VDH ever. Very first game with the nation. Very first game with me. And it's against Stax Traxa. And it happened again, Ryan. It happened again. I had a tangle wire at like fucking eight. They had no permanence untapping. I think he he learned something about using a, a putrefy too early because that definitely could have got him out of that situation. But alas, so he just like legit, he just spent the whole game just tapped out, which is too bad because he was actually playing one of the decks that we did an episode on, uh, Cheville the Hunter. The one with no creatures oh, in it. Remember yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was actually playing that, and I was like, kind of pumped to see what it was gonna do. Oh, cool. But instead, I just stacked him right into the floor, <laughs> and <laughs> I and I felt a little bad about that. And then in the second game, when Lenny showed up, he was playing. Uh, uh, come on, Ib Halfheart. 
So I'm thinking, sweet, Ib Halfart, this is going to be sick. I haven't played against that in like actual years. And he is just so land fucked. And he plays a treasure nabber so he can start stealing all of our mana rocks to uh, like get himself actually playing a game of Magic the Gathering cards. And nobody's playing rocks, and I finally do. And just to fuck with them, I tapped it for a mana, and then I sacked the commander sphere, which is what it was, to draw a card, just to keep them from getting my mana rock, just to, like, troll them a little bit. And then to troll me, he played an impending disaster, which is, like, <laughs> if there's seven lands in play, it blows up all the land. Yep. So he kills all of our land and spends the next eight turns not drawing a mountain. So... Everybody's fucked and everybody's discarding, but unbeknownst to him, I had a my opening hand was like three cards and five or like two cards and five land, and I'd been drawing nothing but land. So when he played Impending Disaster, all I had in my hand was land. So I still curved out. I got to a point where I played a Dryad of the Elysian Grove, and I was playing two land because I had so many, and 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 he learned a lesson that day as well. So D Jack. Don't take that as how all the games go, and I hope to play with you again. But oh my goodness! <laughs> oh man, uh, I can't, I can't wait to either get my box and start up our sealed league, and then just jam again. I'm probably going to try and jam tonight because it's like I'm just stuck here. Yeah, but, man. Uh, I would, I would have you over. We could have, we could, we could rock some more games. But again, you're under quarantine, yep. and rules are rules. Yep. Follow the rules. Get healthy so we can get to big events and not have to play over my shitty internet. Right, or have to have Ryan in my kitchen so that we can play over my slightly less shitty internet. Yeah, yeah, that's fine too. Hey, we should do a deck. We didn't even say who the commandy was for all the people waiting for the hint. Oh, yeah. So anybody who guessed... What's another creature? Anybody who guessed Cranko, you're wrong. Anybody who guessed Duretti Scrapsavant, you're right. Ha-ha! Let's get to the deck right now. I dig it. All right, Duretti Scrap Savant is our commander, general. I I tried to say like 13 words at once just then, but he's the commander of the deck. Duretti Scrap Savant is a three loyalty planeswalker for red three. He has a plus two of discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. Minus two, sacrifice an artifact if you do return target artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield. And minus 10, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield. Return it to play at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, so Duretti is kind of a value-generating planeswalker as a commander. We talked about him in our returning set mechanics for Commander Legends YouTube videos. Links to the YouTube are all going to be in the show notes everywhere if you're not already watching this on YouTube, which you should be and you should subscribe. (laughs) But if you're not, it's all there. Now, Value Engine, we're looking at this deck. We're going to kind of do an abbreviated deck tech today, right? Because we want to hit on some more Commander Legends with a particular eye for the red cards and what red has done to Sorry, what Commander Legends has done to help Red. Yes, and it's done less. I mean, and of course we're using an artifact red deck to to exemplify that, which is a little a little strange, but it's a kind of a cool deck. So we figured we'd we'd feature it on the show. Well, you Just know what? I figured happenstantially. Yeah, I figured there's by and large, there's two main kinds of red decks that I see either VEDHing, playing locally, playing at the LGS. I see the red artifact deck, and it could be headed up by Duretti. It could be headed up by Felden of the Third Path, or, or um, maybe now it's headed up by Togo, right? The rock throwing guy. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's an is it deck, and it's like kind of spell slinging artificer graveyard type thing, right? The other red deck that I see a lot is the hyper aggro big mana red deck it's got like big dragons it's got earthquakes it's got perforos it's got coming in and out tokening a little bit right a little bit more similar to your torbrand deck or your noran deck where this is the the deck today is like an artifact deck like am i am i close those are the kind of the two red artifact aggro token type decks we see I would say so. I mean, there's obviously more nuance, but not for the purposes of what we're talking about today. And given the beginning of the show where I talked about stacksing people out, this is not the Duretti Stacks Savant deck. 
that's important to to note, I think. Yeah, the people who thought that already turned the show off. So <laughs> Yeah, that is that is unfortunate. Because they're gonna miss something that I think I want to talk about before we actually talk about the deck, Ryan. Sure. I've been I've been stewing about this all night. So when by the time you listen to this, it will be up. You can go over to the Brando Does Stuff YouTube channel. I assume there's a link down in the show notes below, and you can check out my Commander Legends box openings. And while on the whole, I got friggin' destroyed. Like, beat up in an alley, had all my stuff stolen, I'm addicted to crack now, and I'm yelling at people's furniture. Like, I just got rolled so hard on my boxes. But that isn't the thing that actually got me thinking. The thing that got me thinking, and it's something that I've been hearing other places, both on the, when I played some open flippy with Von Doom and Lenny in them, and at the store when I was actually buying my, picking up my boxes, is there's a fairly significant quality control issue with these collector boosters. And that issue is that they look super faded and washed out. And maybe it was just everybody that I talked to yesterday, which was quite a few people about it because I was pretty lit up about the whole thing. But some of my cards are so washed out and so faded, they look fake. It's like uh, it's like when you're on Photoshop or something and you turn the opacity down, right? So you can start to see through the image. Yeah, like you can see through the, the, the name and you can see through the black border around the cards. Like some of them when you hold them sideways almost look silver bordered because it's so shiny on the edges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, there were some serious quality issues with Jumpstart as well. And I don't know if that's maybe if that's where they're getting printed, if they're trying to uh, maybe some places they can't get printed. So they're trying to print more from one place and less from another, right? Like, it, it, I don't it know. It could be. The, the, the fact, the, the thing that I was thinking, like, because I don't want to bring, I'm not here to bring the negative vibes in, but I am going to say that it's so bad, it is unacceptable. Because I didn't spend a ton of money. I traded in a whole whack load of stuff to get these boxes. But the fact is, some value from my life went into getting these. And a lot of the cards, I'll bet you when I double sleeve them and show them to somebody in real life, they're going to think they're proxies. Because they're that shitty. Hmm. And that is an unacceptable level of quality. And anybody else out there that's bought collector boosters, if they haven't opened them yet, be aware that that's a thing that could happen to you. And when you do open them, like... The cards aren't very good, and for the amount of money that we paid for them, and it only seems to be the collector boosters as well, because I opened a couple of the draft ones, and they were fine, but... Even the foils in the draft boosters? Yep. Okay. Yeah, the, the draft boosters look great, but the, the then the biggest difference was in the, the etched foiling, because the... I, I saw a couple of regular etched foil ones that are just regular draft boosters, and they're nice. They're not my favorite, but they're nice. I can see why people like them for sure. But the ones that I was pulling out of my collector booster, and you get a fucking ton of them, by the way, are super washed out, and they kind of look like the side of the thing that the bowling ball comes out of at the bowling alley, where it's like that kind of plasticky, sparkly, glittery kind of thing. <laughs> like, it just... It, they, they look actually bad, so, like, the big selling point of these packs looks like shit. Well, let's not get too much into the etched foils because remember, we are going to have a YouTube review when we both have them in our hands. And it's actually perfect because if you've got good ones and shitty ones, I'm probably only going to have good ones because I only got draft boosters. And a couple things to remember with regards to quality is first print runs sometimes are are relegated to like i had mentioned a certain printing press or a certain region that produces the the, either the cardstock or the actual prints the sheets second print runs are more are wider and they might delegate instead of japan they might be printed somewhere in europe for example all the printing conditions packaging conditions could be different and for the second wave of commander legends most likely they'll come from a different spot and the quality issues will be uh, fixed. And for that reason, maybe, maybe your sub-quality ones will be worth more if they're reprints, if they're from the first batch. Maybe. I I super doubt that. <laughs> like, these, like they're, they're bad. I could make these at my, at my house. 
Honestly, I could make them at home. Wow. I don't want like I don't want to get too hard into it, but like this is one of those things where if it was any other company, they would issue groveling apologies and either refunds or they would replace the product. They would give me an option to put all these cards into a box and they would send me new ones. Well, That's write them a letter. See if, see if they will. Like, And you said you didn't want to get into it too much because it's kind of negativity. But we're, we're the arc of good vibes. But it's not all good vibes all the time. So maybe yeah. if you did write them a letter, maybe send them an email with some pictures and say, hey, like this is really bad. And I know in the past I've seen on Twitter people people get apology packs or whatever, right? Like I'm not saying they're going to send you an entire box, but crazier things have happened. I suppose maybe I'll get some of those uh, what are those promo ones that they give away for free at the store? Maybe I'll get some of those from like El Drain. That'd be cool, right? <laughs> from Theros. Yeah, I'll get a Theros apology free pack. Promo pack with three cards in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just want to make people aware of that, that the first run, in my experience so far, is really bad. Hmm. So, like, and you can't see it in the video, and I wish you could, because I was looking through it in the camera and everything looked okay, but as soon as I started looking at them in real life, it's like, oh my god. Oof, oof. But let, let's talk about this deck, Ryan. That's sure. what we're here to do. Let's Let's bring it up. I've done my public service announcement. Let's Let's talk about an artifact deck and let's start with not artifacts let's start with yeah i love it <laughs> let's start with because they're short segments they're short little little things run an architect list sent in by i'm out to get you that on would be, architect that would be listener of the show friend of the show jens mctaggart jens y- yawns i'm going all the way soft on all the letters yawns I hope yeah, this I like deck that. doesn't make us yawn. Probably oh, it totally will, won't. It's a good one. Oh, we wouldn't gonna, be doing it if it did. <laughs> I was just going to say probably will, though. 7 to 10 at best. Oh, definitely. So, so unfortunately, Mr. Yawns did not send us custom categories. So we're going to have to do these the old-fashioned way. We're going to start with... Let's start with Planeswalkers. There's only two of them. Sure. We'll hit them quick. We got an Ugin the Spirit Dragon. That's an... Oogie D. Eight, eight mana, seven loyalty, plus two. It threes something, minus X. It removes all of the colored things. Converted mana cost X or less, minus 10, you gain 7 life, draw 7 cards, put 7 permies from your hand into play. So good. That like, Why is that in here? Did you hear what I just said about the card, right? <laughs> yeah. like, that's why it's in here. Uh, the next one, the deck is called, I guess we should say, Junkyard Dragons, which will make this next one make sense. In that it is Sarkon the Masterless, which is a five loyalty, red, red, three for a Sarkon, has a static ability whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker you control. Each dragon you control deals one damage to that creature. It has plus one until end of turn. Each Planeswalker you control becomes a 4-4 dragon and gains flying. And minus three, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. With regards to both of those planeswalkers, we're going to see some big mana stuff, which is fairly artifact centric, fairly red, particularly because this deck has a few rituals, I believe, and we are going to see some dragons. So let's press forward. We've got two enchantments. We've got a Gearport Ether Grid. That's going to let us tap two artifacts to deal one damage to target creature or player. And newsflash, we're playing like 40 some artifacts. So that's going to give us yeah. a lot of ammunition. And then we've got a Pia's Revolution, an enchantment for red to whenever a non-token artifact is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to your hand unless target opponent has Pia's Revolution deal three damage to them. So you can always get stuff back unless people want to start taking bolts. So they're going to bolt, 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 bolt until they're low enough life that you can start just cycling artifacts in and out of the game or in and out of the battlefield in hand. So you can just go, I'm going to say infinite, but you're not going to have to go infinite. That's really cool. Actually, I didn't. I knew about that card before, but I'd never played against it. In the last few days, it's been popping up lots, and then to see it in the list—that's a that's a good one. Maybe yep. maybe it flew under the radar a little bit. Could be. I uh, I think I've only ever teched one deck with that card in it. So let's uh, huh. let's move on to the sorceries. I'm gonna clump a couple of them here. We've got a Wheel of Fate, which is Wheel of Fortune with suspend for four turns. Yep. We've got 
Reforge the soul, which is a wheel of fortune for miracle of two or cost it, cast it for five. We've got a gamble, which tutors, then you discard at random. A faithless looting, which draws two, discards two with flashback. We're doing graveyard stuff. We're doing big mana stuff. We can we can reliably do that. The big mana thing that we're, or what's servicing our big mana is a mana geyser. You get a red for each tap land your opponent's control. And what's the number again? How much do you get on that on average? 15 15 i've seen you do it for 24 one time i've seen a 30 pointer in oh yeah vegas or something that card can get absolutely out of control yeah every time that card is out of hand yeah we've got the the actual card shenanigans (laughs) (laughs) which is destroy target artifact and then dredge and you dredge one and instead of drawing a card you get it back to your hand and why that might be good is is uh, you mill a card. Sorry, what did I say? Whatever. You mill a card and you put it back to your hand. And that card in your graveyard, if it's an artifact, Duretti's going to be able to get it back, right? So it's yeah, essentially, it you... you're still drawing that card because Duretti is using your graveyard as your second hand, right? Or if you got that Piers Revolution in hand, you can use it as a lightning bolt. Uh, yeah, that's legit. I was going to say, like, you can just, if you have some kind of ETB artifact or something that gives you a val- some kind of value for your artifact coming into play, you can just kill it and either get it back immediately or lightning bolt them and get it back with Duretti. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can kill your own artifact and Pia's revolution it back to your hand or lightning yeah. bolt somebody. Yeah, so it's, that, shenanigans is a good card here. Okay, last sorcery dragon storm and we're gonna have an eye out for a dragon storm combo i'm not actually sure if it's in the deck i didn't actually do the math because i i just thought of it (laughs) (laughs) why else would you play dragon storm but for those of the the people that don't know dragon storm it's a nine mana sorcery search your library for any for a card that is a dragon and put it into play and it has storm so you get dragons with storm you copy it for every spell you've cast prior to it this turn you would probably go mana geyser get 15 mana gamble uh, search for dragon storm and that's two spells then you cast dragon storm that's three spells you search your library for three dragons put them onto the battlefield sure or you could play more stuff if yes. the, the opportunity presents itself. But. Yeah, you could, for example, go like that same example, but before Dragonstorm, you go Faithless Looting, then Flashback Faithless Looting. That's going to let you see four more cards in your hand that you could potentially cast, like Ornithopters and other zero casting cost stuff. And it's going to let you find two more dragons. Yeah. yeah. Of which I think we should look at. Now, we've got... 26 creatures in the deck which makes you think oh this is going to be an aggro deck this is going to be an attacky attacky deck which i guess it could be but i want to lump some kind of value and and mana rock type artifacts can i do a couple clumps sure okay burnished heart searches for two core topper lets you move charge counters or add charge counters junk diver lets you get stuff back from your graveyard mirror retriever lets you get stuff back from your graveyard Palladium Mirror taps for two. Scrap Trawler gets stuff back from your graveyard. Treasure Keeper gets stuff back from your graveyard, doesn't it? It's got like Die Cascade, right? It's sort of, yeah. It's Dice Diecade? Yeah, when it dies, you reveal things until you reveal something with converted mana cost three or less. Just like Cascade, except instead of cast, it's Die. And then we've got a Treasure Nabber, and that usually steals mana rocks whenever an opponent taps them, right? Correct. That yeah. is exactly what that does, unless they're playing Commander Sphere, and then they sack them so you can't have them. <laughs> so that's about 10 things. We've got a Goblin Engineer and a Goblin Welder, which let you flip-flop cards from your, like, artifacts from your graveyard to the battlefield. You expect to see those in Duretti decks, they're staples. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you can maybe Goblin Welder something from your graveyard, sacrifice it again, then Duretti it back again, find a way to untap your Goblin Welder, and you can you can kind of just go infinite by switching Artifact and and Graveyard with Goblin Welder if you can untap it, right? Yes. So, and then we've got a couple other just kind of mainstays, Mirror Battlesphere, we've got Hangerback, Walker, Stone Coil Serpent, Steel Overseer, Steel Hellkite, that's a dragon. It is. And for, as far as other dragons are concerned, Hoarding Dragon 
enters the battlefield, lets you search for an artifact. When Hoarding Dragon dies, you put that artifact into your hand. So that's kind of tutor number two, right? Yeah. We've got Hellkite Igniter, gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the number of artifacts you control. It's a pretty solid. I, I'm surprised you don't see that one played more often. I like that general. card. That's a cool ass card. Yeah. I, mean, I know it costs seven, but like it's pretty good. And most red decks are going to, or most decks that play red have artifacts in them. Like, play that. Do you remember my big red Rorix Bladewing deck? It played that card and it it won games routinely because you'd pay red one to give it plus eight, plus eight, red one or plus eight, plus oh, red one, plus eight, red one, plus eight. So all of a sudden it's it's hitting for like 30 some damage, right? Yeah, it's it's lethal all of a sudden. It's, that yeah. stacks up real fast. Yeah. Give, uh, give Gadrak the Crown Scourge a read. That's our second to last dragon. Gadrak the Crown Scourge is a 5-4 flyer for red 2? Jesus. Can't attack unless you control 4 or more artifacts. Not a big deal in this deck. And at the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. Yeah, that card could come out on turn 2 or 3 and attack on turn 3 or 4, probably. I've had a hard time with them. I've tried playing them a couple of times, and, and both times, I just don't get no treasures out of them. Well, you know what? I, not so much treasures. I'm thinking like we're playing Ornithopter, we're playing Ashnod's Altar for mana, we're playing Contagion Clasp, Fire Diamond, Implement of Combustion. Yeah, Implement of Combustion. We're playing these are all like one drops and zero drop skull clamp, soul ring, throne of geth, Sabo's web. Oh, like Oh, I love Sabo's web. Yeah. We gotta talk about Sabo's web, man. Like, okay, we've got one more dragon first though. Okay. One more okay. dragon. Is it the Hellkite Tyrant? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people knew that was going to be in here, hey? Yeah, for sure. This is 6-5 Flying Haste for Brando's favorite casting cost. Red, red, 4. Flying Trample. When it deals combat damage to a player, gain control of all artifacts that player controls. And then if that wasn't enough, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. Boom. Yeah, very powerful card. Secondary or tertiary win condition, right? And we could possibly control that many artifacts just by ourselves. Oh, easy. Easily. Yeah. I'm surprised that there isn't a Greaves in this deck to protect that. Like, just, you know, happenstancely to protect that creature, but... Yep, and to give it haste because you drop it when when you have an opening and it's like, uh, okay, I guess flying, trample, haste, shroud, hit you, steal all your shit, and then, like, keep it around until the next turn. Yeah, and I mean that might win you the game right there. Yep, yep. So that's that's not of that's that's of note. That is a good ass creature. Yep. So all the other artifacts are like I didn't mention like Crook Clan Ironworks and Everflowing Chalice. Maybe I did or not. I don't know. Grimoire of the Dead. Just a lot of value stuff. Lux Cannon for removal. Nev's Disc for removal. Right. And Sabo's Web for a little bit more control. Give that one a read. That's an invasion classic. Oh, Sabo's Web is a card that just hurts people's feelings and brains. It's an artifact for two. When it comes into play, it draws a card, so way ahead of its time, and lands with activated abilities that aren't mana abilities. Don't untap anymore. Baby. That is that is good. So in Invasion Set Block Standard Environment a la 2001, this card was printed to combat Rishadan port or Rishadan port as some people say it was one of the best cards in standard at the time because it didn't let Rishadan ports untap and it replaced itself by drawing a card at the cost of two mana so good yeah very cool and cool picture too hey yeah and people can't oh you're messing with my lands you stacks playing douchebag they can't even say that because it's just punishing your greedy ass mana base so I'm I am totally into that card. I, I think that we should see it more. Especially in foil, because the foil of that card is so sick. I'll bet you it's real expensive, hey? Ah, uh, yeah, I think that you're right. <laughs> it's an invasion foil, right? Yeah, it's it's like four fifty freedom dollars to get like a regular one, so that'd be twenty two eighty one Canadian. I don't even want to think about what the foil multiplier would be on that son of a bitch. Well, I I'm I'm looking it up right now. Foils look to be about fifteen bucks, so not that much. The foil well, multiplier is times five though. Like that's lots. Yeah, that's still sixty dollars Canadian. Oh yeah, I could have to remortgage my house. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think that we've 
have we demonstrated what the deck wants to do? We've talked a little bit about the stacks control deck. We talked a little bit about the big mana deck. We talked about the dragons. This deck kind of has examples of all of the main things that we see, not only from Duretti, but from Mono Red. I think there's there's two things in here that I want to touch on just sure. because they're really cool in the deck. First one is Magistrate Scepter, yep. Masks Classic. Artifact for three. It's got four tap, put a charge counter on it. Remember, we have that creature that lets you move charge counters onto things. Yes. Then you can tap it to remove three charge counters from it to take an extra turn. Very cool. If you can abuse that, which you probably can. Well, we're playing Contagion Engine and Contagion Clasp, too, right, to proliferate those counters. So Bob is your uncle, as it were, and that's even true for me. And the other one I wanted to talk about, just real quick, was Reckless Fireweaver. He's a 1-3 human artificer for red 1. Whenever an artifact comes into play under your control, it deals 1 damage to each opponent. So it's kind of like Impact Tremors, but just for your artifacts. And I think that's pretty cool. Yes. You know, even something like a, a, the Gadric Crown Scourge or whatever, you do some attacking, they do some chump blocking, they block, or somebody plays a Pyroclasm, kills a bunch of chumps, you get a bunch of treasures, and then you three or four or five everybody that's yeah that i think that's a great example of like that incremental value kind of control engine that that you can build into red decks as well so you notice (laughs) it's funny this deck has all of those things it has an invasion classic it has a mercadian masks classic all things that are like hey we should do exactly this deck and not change not one single thing in it (laughs) right (laughs) The question then becomes, when we look at Commander Legends, and I know we've done the set review proper, we've done the Legendary Creature review, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on individual cards, but the question is, does do the cards in Commander Legends facilitate the, the strategies we've talked about further, or do they open up new kind of avenues for us to explore and play with and and do something new and unique and interesting? For decks like this, I think that there's a couple of spe- like for this one specifically, I think there's a couple of cards that actually maybe not they're not sleepers, but they they certainly would go in and do very well. First one I'm thinking of is where's that little goblin guy? Of course it's a goblin, right? Yeah. Impulsive Pilferer. Yeah. Is one that I think goes really good in here. It's a 1/1 for just red. And when it dies, you get a treasure, and then it has Encore for red three. So you've got a little dude. It does what you want to do. It gets you mana to play your big spells. It gets you artifacts to go with your dragon. And then if you do it again, it gets you more artifacts to go with your dragon slash ramp you. Yeah, it's doing the artifact thing, right? And the the only tricky part about it is like, uh, we can't uh, we can't really reanimate it in mono red because it's not an artifact without playing something weird like Mycosynth Lattice or some sh- shenanigans. Yeah, some right? shenanigans. Although we can reanimate it with Encore, which it has. I, yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, you're going to, for an investment of five mana, you'll get four mana and, more importantly, probably four artifacts back out of it. And that's, that's not too bad. Yep, and two enter the battlefield. Sorry, not two, but you'll get... One enter the battlefield from the original guy, and three more enter the battlefields from the tokens. I think that you sacrifice them at the end of the turn, too. So you could actually sacrifice the tokens to your Ashnod's altar to facilitate the big mana plan. Yeah. Right? Totally. Or just so. get you some mana to dump some artifacts onto the field, right? That gets yeah. the the tokens gets you one mana away from playing Ugin. Oh. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yes, yes, Ugin on not turn eight, Ugin on turn five. And since they die, they leave behind the treasures. So that on its own is Ugin. Pay four, get Ugin and two treasures. That's what that guy is. What about Jessica? And I know like the sh- she's just generically good. You can, her her zero ability makes something deal triple damage, right? Yeah, she could go good in here with that big dragon, the the flame hitter dragon. What is that? The uh, igniter. Right? Plus eight or plus whatever equal to your artifacts times three. And that, that Hellkite Igniter is already five power. So what do you do? Like you play Jessica for, th- he costs seven. So you have seven mana. You play Jessica for three and then you have two activations of Igniter. Let's pretend you have five artifacts on the battlefield. So you give him plus five and then plus five again. That makes him a 15-5. And then you Jessica 
all of a sudden she's hitting or Hellkite Igniter's hitting for 45. That's not too bad for all, like four mana investment at the time, right? Yeah, four mana investment. You had to pay seven up front for the guy and have him survive, right? Worth it. Worth it. Absolutely okay, cool. worth it, I think. It's hard to not actually go back into the legendary creatures because I don't think it's any any mystery to anybody that mono red partners in Commander Legends were the most interesting and probably the most combo-tastic and probably the quickest to kill of the bunch, which is a little bit ironic because like one of them is a zero drop. <laughs> yeah, a zero drop, zero one, which I opened zero of, by the way. No. Yeah. You didn't get you didn't get any etch foil ones. I got zero of that card. I was totally gonna steal one from you and put it in Zap. I opened six of the unicorns. That, of that, course, that green you white did. unicorn. I opened <laughs> what, six. What do of you them. say? What do you? This is my impression of Brando. Everybody in CCO Nation. Of course, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I said. On it, that's that's a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're all pissed off, and Kyla off screen is like, "Jesus Christ, Brando!" I believe what she said was, "Why do you even play this game?" <laughs> <laughs> I say that to you all the time. Yeah. Oh, oh man, it was, it was a thing. Good ass times. What else would good ass times? You know what else I think might be good in red decks in general. Speaking of partners, and and this one too, because we have a a, a commander that costs four. I think Flame Can Herald is a card that just is sleeper good. It's a it's a three one elemental wizard for red two commander spells you control ha- or cast have cascade. Yeah, I think in decks that have maybe commanders that cost two or four like four is good because then you can get your three drops right yeah or commanders that you want to die like i know that they can't go in the same deck but something like alenda is the first thing that comes to mind because it's like oh i want alenda to die or child of alara i want it to die Right. The only reason I play it is so somebody can kill it and wipe the board or so I can sacrifice it and wipe the board. Well, if it has Cascade, I'm going to get something out of it. Probably a ramp spell in my Child of Alara deck. Right. It's not going to get affected by its destroy everything ability. True. But Duretti is going to die. He's going to. Right. Well, you could do all kinds of far be it for me to be the guy to suggest you do all sorts of dirtbag shit with it. But like even in a deck like where the thing costs one or two, you could build your deck where when you play your two mana is I think Krark costs two, right? You just Krark into a Sol Ring every time. Or I could play it in Norin, and every single time I play him, I get an, a zero drop thing. So yeah, like, yeah. We're ta- like you, we're, there's your your prismatic butt plug or whatever the hell that fucking flower card is called. Or what you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, never heard of it. You just yeah. get it every time, right? Like you could use a card like that to almost as a tutor to make sure that you get a specific thing every time and that's yeah that's and neat. that's how cascade has worked a little bit like in modern and stuff he cascade into a zero drop that has suspend but you just get to cast it and they've got all those big cycling dumb idiots in their graveyard right the the living end deck or whatever yeah but flame can herald alongside like a partner pair that is maybe at like two mana and four mana your two mana commander is going to cascade down into your your zero and one mana rocks and your four drop or three drop commander is going to cascade into all your other ramp your rampant growth your arcane signet and stuff like i don't think we're being original when we say that but i i didn't actually think of that when i looked at that card i thought it's, it's, well how how good is it going to be if my commander is at like five or six like if i want to play a big splashy commander right well then you're gonna get another thing you're getting something for free every time right and i think like, everybody was so busy talking about hull breacher and opposition agent and jeweled butt plug that nobody i think a lot of people overlooked that and i think it's a cool value card that People are going to start playing with them. Like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I'm I'm glad I'm doing this. Even if they don't build their whole deck around it, like we're suggesting, you could just get some good value out of it. You know what I think of every time you say jeweled butt plug? What's that? There's going to be a meme where somebody takes one of those big bulbous glass butt plugs and is going to overlay them all like in an arcing rainbow to make a jeweled butt plug meme on our Discord. I guarantee it. Good. <laughs> I came up with a couple of good ones. Uh, I, I called it Money Drain 
instead of Matt Gray. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I've been I've been working on my my meme skills, but uh, your meme game is strong. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. That's great. Well, you know what? We got a couple more cards that we can probably hit up for this particular deck. We've got just because it's a dragon. We've got Hellkite Courser, six mana, six five flying dragon. I was super high on this one. I kind of predicted command zone interaction in our predictions video. Sure. And this lets us take a, a a commander out of the battle out of the command zone and put it onto the battlefield for a turn. Maybe, maybe that gets us our Duretti. Maybe that lets us Goblet Weld off of his minus ability if he's going to die anyways to enable some kind of combo-rific something that's going to help us win the game. That's what I was going to say. With Hellkite Courser in this deck, it fits in thematically. And because a lot of the time Duretti spends a lot of time at really low loyalty because you're ticking him down all the time to do Duretti things, I mean, this gets you a free Duretti back right like maybe Duretti costs fucking eight and you can pay six for him and get a six five and still get that Duretti trigger right does this count as him dying again I just thought of that I yes because every time it goes back to the command zone from somewhere that isn't the command zone he costs more Ooh. yeah and I was gonna say routinely I see in Duretti games the player of Duretti will go cast Duretti for 10 like I've I've seen that Almost every time I've ever played Duretti. Oh, yeah. Mostly because they can make that mana, and when they cast Duretti, they might get an artifact back. If they know he's going to die, like they have no blockers or whatever, they'll make that mana back by welding something that doesn't give them mana into something that does give him mana with his minus ability. So he can always kind of repay himself. Yeah. But if we're doing big mana in other ways, and we can do like Hellkite Courser for Duretti, like you said, instead of 8 or 10 or 12, just to get that welding ability like that. I think this card is sneaky good. I'm happy that this kind of thing that's new and interesting and worth conversation like this, I'm happy that it's at the 6 plus slot. I'm happy that it's not like, oh, 2 mana, instant speed, right? Yeah. (laughs) I want to move. I would like if the format would move away from that. We talk about course corrections in our in our set reviews, and I like, I, like, I think that Hellkite Courser is one of those cards that can do that. Agreed. Yeah, instead of just saying, like, instead of giving M- Mono Red some way to interact with the graveyard and saying, oh, I'll just let Duretti go back to my graveyard and, and I'll reanimate him in red, right? I like this in red instead. That's, I just, it's a hot take, Ryan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have hot takes, honestly. You, you know what is a hot take? It's it? it's it's lukewarm at best. You know who's really good in this deck? Because he's good in every deck, it turns out, kind of like Brash Taunter, but it's not Brash Taunter. I know everybody was yelling it at the podcast. <laughs> it's Togo, man. I agree. Togo goes in this deck as fuck, and that is awesome. Oh, man. I just love him. I, oh, man. The one thing I got very excited about and then slightly disappointed about, but then back to being excited about, is the foil rock token. Did you get it? Oh, dude, did I get foil rock tokens? I got several foil rock tokens, but they all have the same art, and that's what kind of bummed me out. Oh, that's fine. How funny would it have been, though, honestly, if the rock tokens were the ones that were all different? Like, there's four different rock token art, and it's just... Just random rocks that you see out in my driveway. Exactly, and it's just a rock (laughs) in some fucking dirt. It could just be a picture of a rock in some dirt. Like, that would be so funny. Oh man, okay. Alter game is strong. I'll I'll make it happen. <laughs> Did you get any foil togos? I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get my box oh, and it didn't show up. I was pissed off and decorating my Christmas tree. I'm hanging the Christmas balls on the branches just all You're all pissed off aggressive. About it. Yeah. They're all on one lights they're all around. on one arm of the tree. Just like, Fuck god damn. I just took a string of 700 lights, crumpled up into a ball and just hucked it at the tree <laughs> until it fucking stuck onto one side of it. <laughs> And in answer to your uh, question, yes, I opened several foil Togos. Excellent. That's how Togo would decorate his Christmas tree. He'd just throw stuff at 100% he would. Rocks the whole <laughs> bit. I think yeah. the, the last red card that I think is going to find itself in virtually every red commander deck, probably forever, Wheel of Misfortune. I think it goes even better here with the graveyard reanimation strategy afforded by Duretti. What do you think, man? I do think so. That was the last one that I had on my list. And a mountain of text. Essentially, everybody picks a secret amount of life 
and the highest life total loses that much life, the lowest life total does nothing, the middle two and the highest life bid all discard their hand and draw seven. I don't know how this card plays yet. I know what it does. I don't know what you need to do to guarantee that you always draw cards. I don't know what the culture is about this card yet. Do you know what I mean? It's it's going to be a tricky one, but I, I think people are going to figure it out eventually. And I think that the best part of that card, as we said in our set review, is that it does something that you really like and something that I really like. That's what's key about that card. Yeah, it wheels me because I'll always bid a high amount of life. And it goblin games me because I just like to have objects and show them to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what, what I say, what I mean when I say I don't know what the culture is about this card yet, like we said in the in the review, and I don't want to repeat it all, but like is everybody just going to get a D20 and roll and that's their fucking number? Are there going to be people that always choose zero because they like the cards in their hand? Like, they have two cards in their hand. They think that that's better than having seven. Like, there's going to be people that do that. F you, Jesse. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's going to be holding up swords and path. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll take these two instead of getting five more. And I'll just pay zero, right? Yeah. And then it makes it easy. And I'm like, well, why the fuck did I pay 20? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to draw. I have five cards in my hand. I want seven. Why did I pay 20 life? I could have paid two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's this card is going to just have... The, you know that chaos decks are going to just bring their fucking dice for everybody. Everybody say, everybody just, you roll this this rock, you roll this fucking <laughs> snowball I made, you toss that fucking shit at the wall. If it sticks, we fucking draw and take damage. Like That's what the chaos decks are going to do. Guaranteed. I'm going to pay 20 do. every goddamn time and wonder why I do every time because people are going to pay like, oh, five, yeah, six, also five, probably six, enough. Yeah. yeah. Just, just enough to get me above Jesse who's going to pay zero. Yes. Right? The meta on this card is nuts. Oh, yeah. The, you're going to figure it out in your local group, but figuring it out in the wild is going to be just crazy insane. Hey? Yeah. The first time that this gets cast, like at a big magic fest, when we all get back together, when all this COVID shit's over, right? Oh. It's going to be it's going to be so epic. It's going to be great. I can't wait. This is what I can't wait for. We go to a magic fest. Somebody casts a wheel of misfortune and somebody copies it. Oh, that's what I want. Because oh. you're just going to wheel, like, you draw seven, discard seven, draw seven, discard seven, right? Yeah. Like, but you have to bid life twice. And I don't think that it would be correct in terms of, like, how to play the game politically or mechanically to bid the same amount of life both times. Oh, hell no. I'd, I'd imagine what's going to happen is somebody is going to, like, bid, they're going to bid conservatively on the first one, see what they get, and then just keep what they get. Unless it's all land, and then they're just going to be like, okay, fucking three, and hope they can ditch that hand too. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a very interesting card, and it does go in this deck. Certainly. One more thing that goes in this deck specifically, I think, just for the funds, and just because I was scrolling down looking at some artifacts, how about Ingenuity Engine? You like Ingenuity Engine? It's a what? artifact for seven. It has Cascade, so it gets you something else. Then it has yeah. one tap, sack an artifact, relevant in this deck, return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. That is kind of like Duretti, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. So like you could get your Ingenuity Engine back and you could dump a bunch more mana into it to Cascade again, or you could like tap your Sol Ring to activate this, to bounce your Sol Ring, to replay your Sol Ring, to play, tap your Sol Ring again, or get, the, get another ETB off of your... Uh, ETB artifact guy like there's yep. I think that there's some play there just on a more casual level it might not be as tight as as some of these decks want to be but I think that that card has a place in certain casual things well you know what you you pair stuff like this with clock of omens and I'm surprised that we didn't see a clock of omens in this deck because it untaps your artifacts during no what unwinding clock untaps your you stuff at yeah unwinding clock clock of omens is tap two artifacts to untap something right yeah yeah so if you can if you can b both of those cards make it so you can go infinite or get all kinds of crazy value but unwinding clock will let you untap this to do it every single turn 
And if you're always getting, let's say, an, some kind of value when something goes to the graveyard, like a treasure, you're sacrificing an artifact creature to get a treasure from that dragon. You can then sacrifice that artifact to get the original ornithopter back, and then you can cast it. Let's say you have something that allows you to cast your creatures as though they had flash, like a Vidalcan Orrery or something. You can continuously do that loop and get value and make your dragons big and and what kind of stuff like that, right? And mm. And Clock of Omens allow you to do kind of the same thing where you can tap two untapped artifacts to maybe get a treasure or two treasures, which then you can tap to untap the first two and you can repeat that and go infinite with treasures. Like there's all kinds of little quirky fiddly artifacts, stuff like that, right? And I think that Ingenuity Engine actually helps that. And since we're kind of reviewing the card, take a good look at the art because there's a lot of little Easter eggs there. There's a Commander Sphere. There's a Soul Ring. There's a couple swords. There's a whole bunch of little artifacts that we know and play in that art. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey. Oh, I like stuff like that. That makes me excited. Who drew that? Young Hohan? Young Hohan. Oh, dude. CCO nickname for that guy. I hope we get to meet him someday. Very much so. I'd be like, yo, young <laughs> Hohand, how you doing? And he'd probably just think I'm burning him, but I'm actually giving him a compliment. Ooh. Yep. Dangerous. Dangerous! Yep. That is a cool one. So, the question. Does Commander Legends service what Red already does? Does it give us some new options? I think that for sure... For sure, it services the the things that we're already trying to do. The Ingenuity Engine, the Dragons, the Commands on the Jessicas. Th- we're already doing that. Oh, it definitely ups Red's game plan and makes it better and more... Well, maybe not more of anything, but it does add more to the to the Fire Jessica, like you say specifically, was a really good one. The, the Red Court is another just really good Red, red thing, yep. which is cool. I'm not sure if it takes red in a different direction. I don't think that there's anything that's Well, I think you know what I mean? For the most part, we we rely on commanders or legendary creatures to direct a color, right? So Dargo Shipwrecker wants you to sacrifice artifacts. He could go in this deck. Jessica goes in big creature attacky decks. What else did we see? Togo is like landfall, make artifacts that you want to make lots of to sacrifice them, right? Right. So I think that for the most part, regardless, oh, Krark flips flips coins. We're already doing that. Kedris makes commanders deal damage to everybody. He kind of radiates damage to all opponents. We're already doing all of those things. These just give us what I think are lower to the ground, you know, the, the, the two and three and zero CMC options to do those a little bit faster, which I think is a welcoming invite for aggro decks to do it sooner, especially when you pair any of these with white. Do it sooner, get some get some of that Boros card draw equipment attacky stuff in there so you can get out to the fastest start, and then just make sure you can play the kind of the defensive game with, again, some of the white stuff, some of the Boros stuff to make sure that as the aggro player, you're not going to get blown to the fucking wind by somebody casting Wrath of God. Or you could just avoid all of that and just up your damn game and play Grull. I suppose you could do that too. But then we're <laughs> playing green, right? And that's already... <laughs> it's easy mode. You can't spell Grull without green. Is that true? Green. <laughs> you, I, I, that makes sense to, my, to me. In, in my head, that makes sense. I see what I, you're saying yeah. about Boros for sure. But I think that Commander Legends... I don't want to go too far out there, but I think that when you look really hard, I think that Red might have got the most welcome additions into some of its stuff that people just aren't as jazzed about yet. Like, Wheel of Misfortune is an effing huge ad just to have in Red in general. Jessica is one of those just really great pieces. Impulsive Pilfer, mark my words, you're going to see people playing. Uh, the flame can herald ember wild captain we didn't even talk about that in this show there's lots of stuff in red that just goes in red decks you know what i mean yeah. like if you've got one and you just want to build a deck that's got some really cool interaction and just does things that are red and good there's a lot of that to be had here yeah i think that maybe for the exception of green because fucking green well right? green is green i just yeah they're but but listen listen to the point though F- fuck green because green is going to do what i say better than red is doing it but because it's green yeah red reds harder 
then the other colors do their thing in Commander Legends. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Except for fucking green because fucking green. Ten tens, four cascades. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Let's ca- let's cascade four times for four. Let's just do that. Yeah. I got this. Before final thought of the day and all the thank yous and fus. Give me your thoughts on this kind of prediction, this take. And I don't think it's hot because it's too long form. It's a slow burn. Okay. This set's been in kind of in the creation process and the percolation process for seven or eight years, says Gavin and Wizards of the Coast. Sure. Over that time, people have been playing Commander and saying, Boros sucks, they can't draw cards. Red sucks, they can't draw cards, right? And now, Boros draws cards with equipment and attacking. Red has Chaos Draw. And we've seen more of that kind of thing get built in to this set. And Red, Red's the hardest. I think in 2021, the latter half of 2021, 2022 Commander products, which are already in development or completed by this point in time, we're going to see how they kind of warp card draw into white, like we saw how they've built advantage and cool stuff into red. Because over the last seven or eight years, we've been clamoring about red and Boros, and now we've seen it. And now that kind of that check mark is is there. It's done. Red can draw cards. We get it. White is the next frontier, and we're going to see more of that moving into white through the next year or or eighteen months because red is done, and this set is is completing our our complaint about red, red can't draw cards. Yes, <laughs> that's all I can really say. Yes, <laughs> I agree with virtually everything you said. Uh, I'm up. I'm quasi nervous as to how they're going to wedge card draw into white because I don't think it should be too good because as much as people dump on white, white's a really fucking strong color and it has some really, really good cards just on the whole in it. Yeah, it gets its advantage in other ways rather than having more cards in your physical hand, right? And, and I feel like it's one of those things where people are clamoring and clamoring and clamoring for white card draw and eventually we're going to get it and everybody's going to be like, oh no, that's too strong, ban it! Because now, like... Like Smothering Tithe. Exactly, you have all of these cards that are now like incredibly strong because they're white cards that were precipitated on the point that you... You're only going to have this one fucking card to play in your hand, so it better be damn good, except yeah. now you're going to have eight of those every turn. Yeah, 2021, white's the new green. Right? Well, like, you know what? Hold on real quick. We're not saying that Smothering Tithe is so good it needs to be banned. We're not saying that for hell sure, no. especially, especially fucking not me. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> I'm the Smothering Tithe guy, right? Yeah. But um, Smothering Tithe... Obvious color pie break, and they've said that in the past, and it's not what white does, right? Making mana in that way, right? So, yes, if they just do it all at once, it's not very good. But they'll they'll find a way to wedge it in like they did with Mangara of whatever his name is, the Diplomat or whatever yeah, that's from a, M21. It's a good-ass right? card. They'll, they'll find a way to do it, and... It's it's going to be white, and it's not going to feel like any other color. Like lots of smart people work in there. They'll they'll do the they'll do something that's very close to correct and what feels probably as good as it can, right? And then we'll all bitch about it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, Magic then we'll just players. complain about it. Fuck yeah, Fuck that's the yeah. part I'm looking forward to is complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. You know what I do appreciate, and we'll get into the thank yous. Okay. I do appreciate that in the Discord, the CCO Nation Discord, is there's not a whole ton of complaining about product. There's discussion as to, I appreciate this, I like this, I don't like this, right? But not a whole ton of complaining because it doesn't actually accomplish anything. And I think the people there know that. Agreed. There's nothing that we can say or do at this point that's going to be like, oh, I guess they're going to fucking change that card at this point, right? Like, that's not going to happen. We can be critical of it, of course. We can criticize their printing techniques, or we can say, hey, just so you know, the first print run of Super Packs, there could be a quality issue. And, I mean, that, Wizards can't dump on us for that because we're just we're, well, we're they have, saying what they we've experienced, right? I'm sure somebody told them that, and then they were just like, oh, uh, let's just hope nobody notices. Yeah, fuck, sure. we can't you know what not I mean? sell our product, right? Yeah, we, we can't recall them and redo them. That's ridiculous. Like, and I yeah. guess they can't. But like, yeah, I'm sure that they know, and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they feel shitty about it. But we'll we'll see. 
<laughs> Next, thank you. Next, thank you to everybody on YouTube and Discord and Twitter that told us that we were wrong on Soulfire Eruption. That's the red sorcery for nine mana. Red, 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 six. Choose any number of target creatures, planeswalkers, and or players. For each of them, exile the top card of your library. Then Soulfire Eruption deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that permanent. Then you can cast those cards until the end of your next turn. We thought it was per player... You could choose one player, one creature, or one planeswalker. No, but you can choose fucking any number. So that nine mana all of a sudden is going to shell out a lot more damage to literally every single thing that we want it to. Oh, I understand. It's still random. You could still pay nine and get nothing. Oh, yes, you could. You could. But if you choose every single creature that your opponents control, every single planeswalker, and every single player, then you get to look at, let's say... 8, 10, 15 cards from the top of your deck. Some of those cards are going to deal damage to those things that you chose, but the point is is we're drawing 15 cards for 9 mana. And in a big red deck like we're playing today, 9 mana, and then you you go into your 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 mana geyser, you cast that, and then you still have like a bunch of other shit that you can cast, and then you can cast your dragon storm. That's um that's a big deal. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe it's yeah. better than we gave it credit for. I'm still not playing it. I'm still not playing it, but it is better than what we gave it credit for. You're right on both parts. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> Seven out of ten at best. Uh, six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Sold. Six and a half. <laughs> six and a half. That's the amount of life I'm paying for Wheel of Misfortune every there, time. There we go. Uh, <laughs> third thank you is to FusionGamingOnline.com. They're the official sponsors of Commander Cookout Podcast, helping us bring the show to your ear holes and your eye holes every single week or whatever other hole you like to have the show in. You can go there right now, buy your either really good singles from Commander Legends or your super washed out foils from Commander Legends Super Packs. Use special promo code CCOFUSION5 to get 5% off your singles and let them know that their partnership with us is a good one. And it is because we're awesome. Correct. Usually we 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 swap that. We did a we did a, a little life swap thing there. Yeah. How did it feel? Uh, you know what? Would do again. <laughs> Excellent. There it is. More more lube next time though. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the deck goes, I really really appreciate it. Yawns. Thanks for sending it in. I do appreciate it. The link will be down in the show notes if you want to take a detailed look at it. It is a very cool list. I'd like to take a look at it in real life, and hopefully I will get to once the world is back the way the world needs to be, and we can all get together again at Magic Fest and other places. When, Keep when when all this COVID shit's over. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Man, you sound like every caller I talk to this week. Oh, oh I know. I oh, know man. I do. <laughs> oh, dude. In any case, check the deck list out. And if you have one that you would like to hear teched on the show for the arc of good vibes, please keep sending them in. We've got a pile we're going through all the time, and we love to see that pile grow. It's like Christmas presents under the tree for us, and we want to get to see more of what you guys are doing with Commander Legends and just in general over these weird times as we continue to bring in the good vibes with the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.